0: Forest City Church. Anyone and he everyone. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you felt invisible? I don't know, you walked in a room, uh, a diner to meet some friends that maybe you knew one of them and the other three you didn't, and you just felt invisible. You ever been in a space where you felt small and no one saw you? Have you ever, the worst one, been in a space where you actually did know people and you felt transparent? All of us have had moments in our lives, I know it to be true, where we have felt unseen, invisible. And nobody cares what you're going through or experiencing or what's happening in your life. You're suffering. No one else can feel it with you. We're journeying, journeying through Luke and Acts, and we're, we find ourselves in Luke chapter 18. And as I read this passage this week, especially this last section, I was struck by this reality. This man that we find in Luke and also the other two Gospels, three of the four write of this man, he is invisible. Absolutely invisible to the whole world because of his condition. Now, we don't know his name in Luke chapter 18. It just says that he is a blind beggar. It's in verse 35. But if you look in the gospel of Mark, you will find his name. Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus, the invisible man. Sitting by a roadside. The Bible tells us begging. I thought a lot about this man this week. and. I thought, you know, in Jesus' day, when you're broken, they throw you out. This is how it works. Like, if your condition is brokenness, you get thrown away. This is how it works. It could be blindness. You might be uh, deaf. You, you, You have a rare physical deformity. But in Jesus' day, when something was broken, they would throw it away. Now... It's funny because as I reflect on how culture has changed, it wasn't but a few years ago that we would fix the things in our world that were broken. I, I, I grew up with a Zenith TV that had a glass front with speakers on the side. Anybody remember those TVs? Huh? Don't raise your hand, you date yourself. But I remember when that Zenith TV broke and my parents did not throw that TV away, They that 2,000 pound television got drugged to the back of a some sort of Buick hatchback that could not fit a TV that size and we drug it to a repair shop because there used to be repair shops because when things were broken we used to fix them but just the other day I was riding with my 15 year old son and he, uh, he said dad we got a problem I said oh we have a problem what's the problem son he goes you know that new phone that you gave me I went, I, I do know that new phone that I gave you. It costs as much as that zine of TV. He said, um, well, I dropped it. And I broke the screen. And I was like, okay. And this is what he said. He said, I think we need to go buy a new one. I went, well, you don't think that maybe we should go try to fix it? And this is what my son said, that my 15-year-old, goes, why would we do that? And then I was reminded, I was reminded that's because we live in a culture where all of these things are now just throwaways. How do I know this? Because I went through one little drawer and I found this. This is an old iPod. This thing costs hundreds of dollars. The last time this saw the light of day was probably 2011. It just sits there because it's broken. It sits right next to this little guy. There's an old iPhone that sits in a drawer because it's broken. See, we do the same thing. We live in a culture where we take broken things and we throw them away. And these were just two. There was a drawer filled with broken stuff. I looked in there and went, there's an iPad in there and there's an old widget that I don't even know what that thing does. And the, what they had in common was they were broken. This is what broken people do. We get tossed aside and Bartimaeus got tossed aside. And so he goes and finds a community of other broken people and they live together. It's a fraternity of brokenness. Because there's no fix for him. If, if you were to say it a different way, that blind Bartimaeus, man, that dude is stuck. Isn't he? Like, he's stuck. He is broken. He is unfixable. Whatever ails him will never go away. He is stuck. Man, he is stuck, and he is stuck real good. The Bible says that he was a blind man sitting by the roadside, begging. Sitting by the roadside, begging. Now, it's one thing to have a condition of blindness, but when I began to think about blind Bartimaeus and where he finds himself stuck, you know what I think the worst part of his stuckness was? It was terrible that he couldn't see the beautiful landscape that others could, that he couldn't see the Dead Sea, that spread out in the southern view, or if he looked north, the Jordan River, as it crossed the canyon across where John the Baptist would have been preaching, he couldn't have seen the dazzling and ornamental palace of Herod. He couldn't see any of it. But I actually think that this little scripture describes his stuckness in a way that may be worse than just his condition. I think his position was the worst. I mean, think about it. The Bible says that he was sitting by a roadside. A roadside that every single day he would, because of his acute hearing, hear families coming and going as they went about their lives living normally. Right? They would. He would hear about a son and a father talking about where they were going to go that night and eat dinner. He would listen to... Lovers who were falling in love and planning the rest of their life together. Isn't the worst thing about being stuck? Seeing other people live their lives. Now, if we're honest, we're like, well, that feels selfish. I won't admit it. But you know, when you're stuck and you're scrolling through Instagram and you see the friend that you haven't seen in forever and everything looks like it's going just so great. It's like, that's awesome. Why am I stuck? it is awful to be stuck in a position because of your condition watching the whole world pass you by, everybody live their lives just going about like everything is fine and you think what is wrong with me why am I stuck why am I here I sometimes think that the position is worse than the condition This position of stuckness, this was Bartimaeus. He was stuck, and there was no prospects of him getting unstuck. And so he does what stuck people do. The Bible tells us that he was a blind man sitting by the roadside begging. Now, in the ancient world, how blind Bartimaeus would have been, um, Seen was as cursed. That he did something wrong. That the condition that led to this position. Was something his family had put upon him. Somebody did something wrong somewhere. You don't get stuck like this by accident. The world would have seen him and said. Somebody somewhere did something wrong. So his condition. And his position. It is warranted. So. The reality was, he couldn't get a job. There was no acts of legislation that would allow for him to move through wor- this world normally. Oh, no, no, no. He would have to learn how to survive. And so, blind Bartimaeus does what stuck people do. He adopted mechanisms that kept him alive, he started doing whatever he had to do to survive. And how that man survived was, he sat there by the roadside, and he had a cup, and he had one tunic, and he begged. He was dependent on everybody else. But, but, he made it. He was alive. He adopted a system that addressed his condition, his position, and it helped him survive. And this pattern is a pattern that he lived year after year after year, it became his reality. The reality is about the human condition is that so often, when an outside condition, a circumstance is thrust upon us, our human mind will adopt whatever it is we need to adopt in order to survive. So, if you have ever been stuck, if you've had a trauma, a wound, a thing. The reality is what your mind will do is say, whatever I have to do to survive this stuckness, I will do. We will then create a pattern and we will live out this pattern. Why? Because it helps me live. And it keeps me stuck. I see people all the time who had a wound in their past and a trauma that was put upon them, a condition that they didn't deserve, something that happened to them. Maybe they did deserve it. Either way, something that happens and that wound creates a response and then that response creates a pattern and that pattern becomes now, this is what's crazy, author of new pain. The pattern of survival actually creates more pain. The pattern of survival, sitting on the side of the road, subjected him to all the ridicule that would come. He survived, but it just kept him stuck. And so for a city, how do you get unstuck? How do you you get unstuck? If your primary goal is just To survive, you will endure being stuck. And the longer you're stuck, the more you'll believe that you cannot get healed. That is why when we sing of healing, some of you go, give me a break. There is no such thing. People don't get healed. They just make it. And if you don't say it with your mouth, many of us say it with our lives. I just don't know any other way. This is the only way I know I have survived 20 years with this. I am stuck. I don't know. Healing doesn't happen for me. And in this one verse, you see a man break a cycle. The Bible tells us this. It said, when he heard the crowd going by, he asked, "What was happening?" Now, listen, he's heard crowds go by his whole life. He's been stuck in this one spot. It says when he heard this crowd go by, they told him Jesus of Nazareth is coming by. Something changed in this dude's mind. I don't know how it works. I do know what it feels like to be stuck. Oftentimes my stuckness is because I get stuck in patterns, and those patterns have records that I put on based on circumstances that I perceive. It's like this record player, right? Small little record player, but this is like my brain. And what happens to us often is that we have records I don't know. That's a good one. That's Michael Jackson, 25-year thriller. That's a good one. This is Frank Sinatra. That's not a bad one. There's another Sinatra. Oh, this is Thelonious Monk. That's a real good one. And here you go. This is Bob Marley. hey oh, Right? I I see this song. When I want a good cry, I put on track number two on side one, No Woman, No Cry. But see, this is how our brain works, right? We, um, we have these soundtracks, these things we've listened to all these years, and situation will happen. And blind Bartimaeus has had a soundtrack. You're never going to get up from here. This is never going to happen. You're never going to get whole. You won't get healed. It doesn't happen. And so, what his natural response could have been, and probably should have been, is when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, the guy who does amazing things, come by, that he pulls out the Bob Marley and he puts on "No Woman, No Cry." Right? He puts that on and he says, "Not for me. I don't get healed. That's not what happens." Some people do. I don't get healed. I don't, I don't get that. Folks, you have a soundtrack in your brain that you play and you listen to. Somebody told you someday, some way, somehow, that you are no good, that you're rotten, that you won't make it. That you're not good enough. That the way you are wasn't meant to be. That's not how it's supposed to be. And so you get in a circumstance, in order to survive, you put on the track and you listen to the track from something that somebody told you once. And I wonder, who told you that? In Genesis, I love that passage, Genesis, when when God sees them naked in the garden and they know they're naked, they say, I'm naked, I can't come out and see you. And the Bible says, God said, "Um, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were no good? Who told you you have to be stuck? Who did that to you? What trauma got put on you? That soundtrack's got to get put away. So I don't know how to do it. I know, I know. But Bartimaeus in one moment shows us that if you put something else on just one time, One time, he listened one time. Put something new in his mind. There is coming someone who can heal you. And then he did the second step. He dared to believe. I don't know what you believe, but I know when you're stuck, you believe a lot more in your stuckness than you do in your healedness. Anybody get an amen on that one? This group's quiet. When you are stuck, you believe in your stuckness. You do not believe in your healedness. Because your stuckness is real. That was only part real, but it feels real, real. Right? He dared to believe. The Bible says he calls out Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He calls out me, me, me. I'm stuck. I want some healing. I think you could do this. I'm listening to something different. And then he does what you have to do if you're ever going to get unstuck. He acted. He heard something new about who he could be. He believed it might be true. But let me tell you this. At some point, you have to reinvent the pattern. Now think about it. This man, every day, came to that spot. He sat down on that cloak, took out that cup, and in his brokenness, he created a pattern. What he knew at that point was how to be stuck. He did not know how to be unstuck. So the moment he started to be unstuck, it would feel weird. Like, it's almost like, Why is it we often gravitate towards our dysfunctions? Because it feels like home. It's like, I know that dysfunction. And even though that's healing, I don't know what that is. I think I'll go back here. No, no, he acted. Listen to me, Four City Church. You are not responsible for what has happened to you. But you are responsible for your healing. I know, some of you are like "Wait I thought Jesus did the healing not if you don't get up think about it across that road set a brand new life and if he stays in his pattern of brokenness and stuckness he does not get healed if he does not listen if he does not believe if he does not act he gets up and Jesus heals him This man put something new in his mind, he acted on that something new, and he got healed. That means that if you are stuck, if you will put something new, a new record on in your mind, and you start to believe it and act on it, you can get unstuck. Now, let me say this. I don't have a lot of time today. We got all carried away with worship. Here's the greatest, the greatest challenge with getting unstuck. Because some of you have already been down this path. You say, I showed up. I believed. I heard new stuff. I believed. I got up. I acted. I actually felt healed. And I'm still stuck today. Let me tell you that that pattern of stuckness can only be replaced with a pattern of healing. In other words... Yes, miraculously, you can be touched. But you know what the greatest challenge that that man faced was what did he do as soon as he got his sight? Now think about it for a minute. He has no skills. He does not know how to make a living. He does not know what it means to navigate a world seeing. He only knows sitting on the side of the road, being an addict, whatever your side of the road is. He knows being stuck. And you know what happens often? We get healed and we don't know what to do. So we go back to being stuck. We're healed. We we could, but we don't know what to do. Let me say this. Some of you have been healed. You got a bunch of people. They don't know what to do when you get healed. I'm going to let you in on some real bad news. You start pursuing health. Getting home, your friendship circle might get smaller before it gets bigger. Because there is a bunch of people going, I don't know, I don't like this you. I don't, you're a lot more fun when you were broken. I like to party with you. You don't party anymore. I, I like your brokenness. And they will tell you, just like when he stood up, Jesus' disciples said, Go sit back down. Jesus' disciples, these are men of God. He told him, to sit back down. Go back to your pattern. Go back to your brokenness. Listen. Listen. Your health, your wholeness, your healing. It will take time. You will have to put new things in your mind every day. Then you will have to choose to believe them every day. Then you will have to act on them every day. And every day, your traumas will sneak up on you. And there would have been days that that man woke up and he would be reminded of his sight, but he would want to go back to begging. Why? Because he knew it. But you know what happens? Is if we stay in it long enough, we create new patterns. It says in the Bible that Bartimaeus was smart enough to then follow Jesus. See, if we stick with it, we create new patterns. And is it hard? This is what our minds do. It creates patterns so we can survive. Yes, it's hard. It's incredibly hard because you will be triggered by something and it will remind you of your past and something that happened to you and you will jump back and you will put on Barb Marley or whoever else it is and you will start to play that thought in your head and then that thought will shake your belief and that belief that has been shaken will change the way you act and you'll go back. You will go back. It's why we relapse, but I remember this. I remember this. When I was, when I was first, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a recovering, recovering charismatic I can't tell by your church. Um, I grew up and and I remember making fun of like people who would come to the altar. We used to do this when I was a kid. We would have altar calls. If you were in a charismatic church, there would be a running joke about the people that came to the altar every single week. You don't have to get saved every single week. And I remember for a really long time, I thought that was some sort of reflection on their lack of faith or maybe them just being silly or needy or showy. But recently I began to wonder if maybe that journey to the altar over and over wasn't about like the single time of salvation but this repeated pattern of healing. that They came to an altar and they met Jesus there and they just kept coming back to find them again so that they could re- recreate new patterns of thinking, believing, and acting hey listen, why do we talk about healing in this place? because you weren't put on this planet to be stuck on the side of a road. you weren't I, I, you may not believe that, that's okay But let me be the first to tell you so that you can start to listen to something new. You weren't put on this planet to be stuck on the side of the road. That's not why you're here. Why are you here? I don't know. He didn't tell me for you specifically. But I know it's not to be stuck. At some point, you listen to that enough, you will start to believe it. And that will spur action. And if you do that enough over and over and over again, you will change your life and save your marriage and shift your focus and save your kids. And one day you'll wake up and you'll go, my condition is gone and my position has changed. Will you stand with me? Some of us have walked in this space and we have run this cycle and pattern of destruction so long. You cannot imagine that you could ever be set free, that you are blind Bartimaeus in every sense of the phrase. And I'm telling you, you were not born to be stuck on the side of a road. You were not born to be stuck on the side of the road. You were not born to be stuck on the side of the road. You were not born to be stuck on the side of the road. road. And I'm challenging you this week. Where do I start? I don't know where to start. This is a good book. Just get into Luke with us. Begin to understand and listen to what God says about you. Who told you you were no good? Who told you about your condition? Who did that to you? Who are they? They God? They make you. They knit you together and your mother's womb I dare say no this is who you are you may not feel it you may not believe it but if you start maybe you'll start to listen to it and it will trickle into your soul and one day you'll wake up and go well maybe maybe I'm not that thing I thought I was and that is when we start to break patterns and when we start breaking patterns and we start putting new patterns in. This is called the reformation of our mind. The Apostle Paul in, in Galatians 5, 7. It is for freedom that have you have been set free. You say, well, that seems like a stupid statement. No, because a lot of us have been given freedom and we live on the side of the road. It is for freedom you have been set free. So do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Don't let that pattern rule your life and ruin your marriage change the way you see about yourself. It's a lie. I don't care if your dad did it to you or your mom did it to you. I don't care where it came from. It's a lie. Ephesians 2.10 says, you're a masterpiece. You've been created anew to do good work. Break that pattern. Go get healed. This is what Jesus has for you. Amen. I'm going to pray for you right now. God, for my friends, I pray this. For every single one of us that has a hang up, some sort of like bondage, something in our past, something that keeps us stuck in big ways and small, may this week you open our ears. That's it, open our ears. Help us hear something new, something new about us, about our situation, about our marriage, about our job. Help us hear something new, a truth about who we are, so that we can begin to believe that we're more than a blind beggar on the side of the road. And then give us courage to act. We pray it in Jesus' name and everyone's said, Amen, amen. I'm sorry I went a little long. I love you all. We'll continue in this series next week. Go in peace.